In order for our hearts to trust hope, we need to know that a promise will be kept, and to a larger or smaller degree, our daily relational experiences have taught us the opposite. Unfaithful people abound, and the landscapes of our past are littered with broken promises. We're promised an outing with our Father, and though He assures us He will be there, He never shows up. We entrust our friend with a secret she promises to keep, and the secret spreads like the flu. We are told the world is a beautiful place, and then we learn of abounding corruption and embedded hatred that shatters our illusion of goodness. We promise to love, honor, and cherish, and our beloved breaks our heart as he or she breaks for the door. How do we trust hope? How do we dare to so recklessly risk? By looking at the track record of the person we have placed our ultimate hope in. At the cross, God proved once and for all that He is for us, that He will hold nothing good back from us, and that He has paid the highest price to rescue us. He has promised that He will never leave us or forsake us, and by looking at His track record, we know we can take Him at His words. Hi there. This is Stacy Eldridge, and I was just reading a portion from my new book, Defiant Joy. Welcome to the Ransom Heart Podcast. I am so excited to have on with me today Yolanda Weinberger, who you're going to get to know a little bit about. Yolanda's been married for 22 years. She's the mother of two. She's a business owner, a radio host, a high school swim team coach, and a Green Bay Packers fan. This woman is lovely articulate, intelligent, and a passionate lover of God. She is defiantly joyful, and she's been a follower of Jesus for 35 years. Yolanda, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you. It is such a joy to be with you. Now, I gave you the briefest of descriptions, of course, because I don't have two hours. (laughs) But is there anything else that you would like the listeners to know that's essential to getting a little glimpse of who you are? I don't think so. I mean, I'm not shy, so I think they'll get plenty of a glimpse. Okay. (laughs) That's good. You are not shy. That is so good. All right. We um, are going to dive right in to the heart of the matter. Um, In August of 2017, you were blindsided by a diagnosis. Can you just tell us about that? A little bit about that. I have some questions for you, but what was that? I was in August. I was diagnosed with breast cancer and I went through some, of course, extensive testing and found out that I had the BRCA1 gene and that absolutely threw my whole family, obviously, for a loop. Mm -hmm. It was um, quite the quite the diagnosis. And I was faced with a a choice. Am I going to embrace this or be defeated by it? And that was, you know, that was the precipice on which I stood. Embrace this or be defeated by this. Right. What do you, what do you mean by embrace this? So it's interesting for me to, to kind of come at it from the perspective that I am now because it is in the rearview mirror. Yes, it is. But I remember thinking, okay, breast cancer. I hate cancer. I've had so many horrific experiences with cancer. And I'm either going to embrace this and come out of this stronger or I am going to curl up in a ball and have a pity party. And nobody wants to join me for a pity party. So... 
I needed to decide and make that decision at that moment where, where I was going to go with this. And, and if this was going to be a, a, a part of my story that was used to glorify God and to strengthen my faith, or if it was going to be something that I allowed to make me bitter mm-hmm. and sad mm-hmm. and, um, well, and maybe sad is not even the word, but to make me bitter and feel like the world owed me something, mm. you know, because mm-hmm. of the bad hand I'd been dealt. Mm-hmm. So I had to make a choice. Mm. In the book, I talk about obviously being defiant and taking a defiant stand. And this yes. sounds like such a good example of saying, this could this could throw me, this is, could throw my life, I could be buried by it, or I can take a stand in defiance and saying, you're not going to ruin my life. Amen to that. Um, and actually, while you were even while you even reading an excerpt from the book, I just wanted to say, "Amen, amen," you know, and, and cheer you on in the reading because that's exactly it. And where I came down was, you know what? That Romans eight eighteen. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that would be revealed in me, that I wanted to reveal the glory of God in the midst of all of this. And it's suffering now, but that suffering is for a time. And then the next thought that came to my mind was Philippians 1.21. For me, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. And as I looked at my life and I looked at this faith that I'd held for at the, you know, at the time over 30 years, it's like, well, yeah, if I, if I live through this, if I, and when I mean live through this, if I'm fully alive in the midst of all of this, that's Christ. And if cancer takes my life, oh my goodness, that's like everlasting life with Christ. So once I really got my mind around it, I'm faced with a win-win. You know, I'm going to live in a way that honors God and brings glory to Him. And if this is what takes my life, I'm going to live with Jesus forever. I get to be happy either way. The only concern that I had, Stacey, during that was, how's my family going to oh, handle Yes. This? And then I remembered that I can trust Him, even with them. You know, and so there, therein came the um, Psalm 91, this idea that God was my refuge and He's my fortress and, and that I could say to, of the Lord that He is my refuge and my fortress and my God in whom I trust and that He's the deliverer. And I mean, just all of these things started bubbling up, these truths that had been squirreled in my heart for 30 years that it was like, okay, I can live grounded and know that either way, I am going to be joyful. I'm going to be joyful living. I will be joyful in the everlasting. And I can be joyful in knowing that this God whom I trust has my family. He's got everybody. He's got them. So so amen and amen. <laughs> and if you're listening to that, just push pause, rewind, and listen again. Because that's it. That's the truth. And um, if you want to, I'm just going to give you a, a little shout out to your website, Yolanda Weinberger. It's W-E-I-N-B-E-R-G-E-R.com because that's where you you did your journey. That's where you do some blogging. And, and you yes. lived this year with this courageous faith, the anchor of your soul set firmly behind the veil. And that changed everything, didn't it? Oh my gosh, it did change everything. It was 
you know, God making known to me the path of life and just in his presence, there being fullness of joy. That was um, another scripture, Psalm 1611, that I, that I had to cling to. And, and actually funny thing about that blog is, I don't know, I, I don't consider myself like a huge writer, right? But I feel like I have a story that needs to be told at some point. Yes. And I, and so I started this blog kind of personally for me to remind me of where I'm going and what I'm doing and, um, and to keep some friends, you know, up yeah. to speed on what was going on in my life. And uh, started blogging and realizing that I had some pretty funny, irreverent thoughts. And I, <laughs> I thought, you know what? I'm just going to put this out there for everybody because, you know, yeah, I'm going through cancer and yes, I'm losing hair and, and yeah, there's all these goofy things going on, but there's some really funny stuff here. I hope it encourages somebody. I do too. Okay. Okay. So, but now I'm intrigued. Can you think of one little funny story? That you'd be willing to share? <laughs> I can. Oh, good. <laughs> so I, um, when I was going through, you know, all of the testing and diagnoses, and um, we were trying to decide how this was going to go, and sure enough, found out that yes, with the BRCA one gene, I really didn't have that much of a choice. I was going to have to have this mastectomy, double mastectomy, and so I was tossing and turning and dreaming. I had this dream that I was completely flat chested, but I was going to get these implants and the implants were huge because they had to match the size of my behind because I'm going, because I'm eating like crazy through all this chemotherapy, right? And so all I could think of was Bette Midler in Beaches and her performance of Otto Titzling. Oh, yes, yes. That is hilarious. <laughs> It was ridiculous. And so I woke up and I was like, I have to block about this. Like, this is too ridiculous to not be shared. I can't keep this to myself. You know? See, it's just so, so real. Yeah. It's so it, real. It really is. That's yeah. the way life goes sometimes. That's that it is. It really is. And that's that's one of the beauties about you is your willingness to be real. That's what we need, the authenticity, because um, even to hear you say that you journeyed through cancer, but you, I'm sure you had hard days. And, oh, gosh, yeah. And I'm sure you had days where you felt really ill. And in those days was the surety of the truth. I have to tell you, one of the things that was, it was a backdrop to this whole thing is, can I say this? I don't know if I can say it without crying, actually. Go <laughs> Am ahead. I allowed to cry? You are so allowed to cry. Yes. So one of the things I don't think I will ever forget, Craig McConnell testifying to the holiness of being in the throne room of God and how in his presence and knowing that you're in the presence of Almighty God, that everything has to fall into its correct order, that in the throne room, no matter what. So when Craig talked about his experience of everything lining up, it impacted me on a visceral level. And this was before I was ever diagnosed with cancer. And, you know, we were in a small group and he was talking in that small group about this. And I just remember being so impacted by that. And when I had my own personal bout with cancer, I just remember Craig's words coming back and how um, it had such an impact in the way that I dealt with my own battle with cancer, knowing that the number one thing that I had to do was go to the throne room because 
in the presence of God, everything falls into place. Holy order. Yes. And it was just an amazing, amazing reminder of who God is, what he does, how he moves. That was huge. So yes, there were sad days, but I just always remember, even on those sad days going, got to get into the throne room. I have to get before God because whatever pain I'm feeling, whatever sadness I'm feeling, all of that has to bow to the order of the holiness of God. That's so good. That was huge. So when you say you had to get into the throne room, what does that look like for you? Like, uh, is that through worship? Is that prayer? Yes. Yes. And yes, (laughs) it's worship. It was prayer. It was also a need, a willingness, and an ability to withdraw from anything that was negative or that was weighing me down at the time. What I mean by that is with my with radio, right? Yes. Um, one of the things that I did was political commentary. And this was, you know, and politics can get so nasty, as yes. you well know. Yes. That was one of the things that I, I had to be able to say, you know what? No, not right now. That's not what I need in my life. So I had to step away from that. Mm. And that bore immeasurable fruit in my life. Just being able to step away from things that were negative, that weighed me down and that took extra energy. So that, as I was able to put that away, then I could walk into the throne room. And and, and by that, I mean in worship and in prayer and in meditation, just time with Jesus. Sometimes, Stacey, all I could do was invoke the name of Jesus. Oh, that's good. And that was enough to usher me in, just his name, his presence, just all of that means, all that he's done. That was huge. And in his presence is fullness of joy. So I'm calling the name of Jesus and Jesus is showing up. And and I had to have joy because I was there with him. Mm. And you can't walk away from the throne room unchained. Mm. You just can't. Mm. I'm picturing you on the floor next to your toilet calling on the name of Jesus. <laughs> So I'm just, you know, sometimes we're on the ground, yeah. like it, it takes us to the mat. And then in that, in those moments, Absolutely. to have the strength of God within us, because sometimes we can't even muster that ourselves, but to have His strength within us go, just just flick your gaze yeah. my way, just just flick it. I write, I write um, a lot in Defiant Joy about the realities of, of suffering and the encounters and the transformation that we have because of the life of God within it's through them. So, because there's just crazy stories. I just heard a crazy story of another woman recently who, who just about lost everything. Certainly, she she lost her position, her calling. She was a speaker, had cancer, lost most of her tongue. Just hard, like ruthless stuff. And says, "What I came to yeah. know of Jesus through that time was worth it." Now, that's this this miraculous oh. world that we that we live in because we live in the world that we see, but the world of the unseen is so much more solid and real. Yes. So I love that testimony of like when we are in pain, when we are in loss, when we are suffering, and it's very real. We're not denying it. That's not the way through. We're not saying it's not happening. Right. But in the midst of it, to call out to Jesus, even sometimes my one word is help. Saying the name of Jesus is powerful. And sometimes that's it, help Jesus, you know. But just like David in the Psalms, 
help because he is the one that our hope comes from. He is the source of all joy. And and it's in those times that we don't want to go through, but where faith becomes even stronger. And I think that part of this comes from the walk with God. Like you said, you've been walking with God for 35 years. And I think there's a special grace extended to people who get hit with hard things and they just came to faith. They just said, Jesus, come help. And he comes and moves powerfully and invites us to live a life where we get to cultivate our faith over time by looking at his track record, learning the scriptures more. Proverbs 23, 18 is one of your favorite verses. It starts with, surely there is a future and your hope. Yes. Will not be cut off. Surely there is a future and your hope will not be cut off. And because of that, because of the truth, because of Jesus, that is the stance. That's how and we can be defiantly joyful in the face of what we would never wish on anybody. Amen to that. One of the things that I remember in the interest of defiance was Jesus God, you prepare a place before me in the presence of my enemies. I mean, that with the amazing truth and the testimony that God was preparing me to walk through the valley of the shadow of death with intermittent feasts at the table that he prepared before me in the presence of my enemy, which was this illness. It was huge. That's huge. Yes. Yes. What now? Yolanda? Um, Through this whole thing, being able to serve other people and love them, even though I was going through something difficult, was huge. And what now? I'm back, funnily enough, in the season that I was in when I was diagnosed, which which was swim season. You mentioned that I was a swim coach. And so we're back there in swim season. And there's this need to give of my time, my energy, my efforts, my attention. And I get to do that again with the backdrop of last year. And it is just, it's joyful. It truly is. It is, you know, I'm so thankful, God, to be doing this again with a renewed faith, renewed energy, with renewed commitment and I feel like serving those kids is, is such a richer, deeper experience than ever before. What now, outside of that, I'm waiting. I'm on the precipice of a new stage of life. I have my last baby <laughs> is about to graduate from high school and she's going to start a new phase of life. And I know that that means something different for me. So honestly, right now is the waiting. Lord, what do you have for me? What do you want me to do? Which is hard. It's, it's hard for me to wait because I just want to get in there. But yeah, waiting and, and just listening, keeping my ear to the ground to see what, what Holy Spirit is saying next. That is really good. Waiting is hard, but it is the way to go. And to wait till he speaks without running on ahead. And he loves to speak, but he loves the process. Yes, he does. Before we close, there are people listening who just got the diagnosis or whose best friend did or or who are in the thick of treatments or or aren't, but they are um, facing other battles. 
And I was just wondering if you might pray for us, those that are listening, just a little prayer. Oh, it would be my pleasure. Oh, great. Oh, Jesus, God, Holy Spirit, Trinity, we honor you and we thank you. And God, for those of us struggling who have maybe received a diagnosis or are fighting for someone who has, Lord, I just ask you, God, to command your angels concerning them, to to guard them in all of your ways. And Lord, I pray that I know that you will tread on the lion and the adder and the the young lion and the serpent will, will be trampled underfoot. And I know that you hold fast to us in love and I know that you will deliver and that you will protect because we know your name. And God, I pray that when that man or that woman calls to you, that you will answer and that you will be with them in time of trouble, that you will rescue and that you will honor and that you will satisfy them with long life and show them your salvation. Father, we thank you because that is who you are. Your word is true and you are a mighty deliverer and you are a fortress. And We love you and I proclaim joy, beautiful, defiant, and unending joy for every single person in the sound of our voices, Lord. Thank you, God for who you are. Thank you for your deliverance. Thank you for your love. And thank you for this time. May we grow through it in Jesus' precious holy name. And amen. Amen. Thank you, Alanda. Thank you for being with me and for everybody who's listening. This has been part of our four-part series of Defiant Joy. Again, this is Stacy Eldridge. What a joy to be with you today.